Welcome, everybody, to Two and a Half Athletes. Thanks for joining our third show. I think the first two went pretty well. We're starting to get the hang of this thing. Uh, you know, just looking back at our, you know, reviewing our podcast from last week, you know, we hit a lot of good points with the NFL. I, I really still can't get over Tony saying Halloween is his favorite holiday. So, Tony, the, the floor is yours. Like, give me your explanation for that, and I'll just tell you why that's wrong. I mean, it's, it's not wrong. It's a fact. Let's let's definitely throw it back at you. What is your favorite holiday? My let's, favorite let's holiday not... is it's Christmas. Christmas. Okay. So why do you like Christmas? I like Christmas because it brings joy to people. You give okay. out gifts. You receive gifts. You're, it's the time of the year where you're most thankful. At any age, you can celebrate it. With also Christmas, you do get a day off. You could get the day after off as well. Whereas Halloween... That is not the case. Halloween could be on a Tuesday. You're still going into work on Tuesday. You're not taking off for that. I understand those points, but you said two main things there. One, everybody can celebrate it. It doesn't right. matter how old you are. If you're a newborn, they're dressing you up like Winnie the Pooh. And if you're an adult, you're like a scarecrow in the porch scaring little kids. It doesn't matter how old you are, you're dressing up. And two, you said that time of the year. Halloween starts that time of the year for all the other seasons. Halloween kicks everything off. It does kick everything off. I really don't know how to rebut that. I'm looking for Dave or Sonny to back me up here. Like Halloween cannot be the best holiday there is. And also, and also Christmas is great. Don't get me wrong. But the day Christmas is over, what is there to look forward to? New Year's. New Year's is overrated. Stop that. I, I Me personally, to chime in, I don't care about Halloween. I could really care less. I think it's actually... I want to go with the worst holiday. I mean, I never, I, I could care less to celebrate it. Uh, yeah, I'll go to like a party here and there, but I mean, overall, and I don't eat sweets. So it's like, I mean, I don't know if Tony, another reason you like it is because of the candy, but I mean, and it's, it's definitely part. I mean, Reese's is also the best dessert. So getting a, a few extra Reese's here and there at Halloween is, it's definitely part of the reason. But I don't think you guys have had good good halloween costumes in the past maybe that's why you hate it so much no i've i've had a pretty good halloween costume in the past actually tony i was at the same party as you i was a freaking painter i was richard van gogh the painter i was wearing a beanie cap and i had a fake mustache on and tony's talking to me like i never met the guy before just giving me oh yeah that's cool giving me one shot answers i'm like you know you know this is me rick right we must have had some small talk for like 15, 20 minutes. Like you were asking me like, oh, how, how'd you get here? Like how long did it take? First time I hear like at our one friend's house in, in Conchock and first time here and all that. I'm like, yeah, and this and that. And then I said to your, your girlfriend, I said, where's Rick? And she points to you over in the corner. I said, holy shit, that is Rick. I had no idea it was you. And then also to rebut on Halloween, you could get horrible candy. I think the quantity outweighs the quality, as we should say. Like if you get if you get some horrible candy, you're getting like as a kid, especially you're getting like 250 pieces of candy. What's the worst piece of candy? Good and plenty. That's pretty bad. I don't know. It's tough because when I was a kid, I used to hate Almond Joy and I kind of grew accustomed to coconut. So I think that's OK now. But now as I'm getting older, I look at the, the candies that are just making me call the dentist in the morning, like especially I'm a, I'm a frozen candy guy. So no matter what candy I get, like Reese's, Hershey's bar, even Snickers, um, they're going right in the freezer. So if you get a, a Snickers bar or 100 gram bar, you're going to take out some teeth. Those things are rock solid. I, I've also had some of my worst times at Halloween as well. So I don't know. Overall, it's just 
not not something where I, I look forward to or you know really care about. I just don't get into it. I, do, I also just love scary movies, so that's part of it as well. And I, I feel like everyone's kind of on edge a little bit. There's a different. Everyone has a little like pep in their step around Halloween. Yeah, I think I would say the best thing about Halloween is is the weather and how it how it's starting to break towards Halloween. I, I I look at Halloween as like kick off to like all right, we can start rocking the hoodies. Yeah, shorts and a hoodie, your shorts and a long sleeve yeah. to go out in. Yeah, it's great. And I've also had a terrible time of Halloween. I guess I could tell the story. I was at your guys' um, old school over there, Philadelphia University, um, and David invited me up. I'm still in high school. I have my senior senior night the following day for football. It's a school night, by the way. I uh, I go up and we're at a party, you know, boozed up, typical party. Um, I'm wasted, and uh, I get a call from my mom. She says, where are you? Why aren't you at the house? Ended up saying that I was at my sister's. Long story short, she had somebody come up there and I wasn't there. Uh, got caught. Walked like 10 miles till I got picked up. Made it to the game the next day. We actually won and I played terrific, but it was a terrible time. How many yards did he get roasted for? Zero. And actually, um, that was, uh, what was I? I burned the cape. I was Batman. I was Batman for that. So shout out Dave and Philly U for that one. Rick, would you like to hear the rest of my my top three holidays? I would. Please. All right, so Halloween is one, as I mentioned. Two, I'm going to go Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, I feel like is everybody's either number one or two. The weather's amazing. The food's great. Family, friends, everyone's just in a great mood. Football's on. The leaves are falling. Christmas is right around the corner. And then number three. Any, Any guesses? It has to be Christmas. If you don't say Christmas, nah, you're being a troll of, right now. Fourth of July. It's New nope. Year's. Nope. Your birthday? Memorial Day. Memorial Day, as I stated with Halloween, it's the start of the season. Memorial Day is the start of summer. Memorial Day, the weather's finally getting nice. You're heading down the beach for the weekend, long weekend. You're, you're, uh, I think you're being a troll right now. What's uh, bad about Memorial Day? No, it's just you don't have Christmas in your top three. It makes zero sense. Christmas has the best movies. Better than Halloween movies. Thanksgiving is one day. You have, you, yeah, you eat a lot of food. You have leftovers. You have leftovers with Christmas as well. You could say that the Christmas dinner is better than Thanksgiving dinner. No, no, you can't. Because uh, half, of, half of Christmas dinner is from, is from Thanksgiving. No, no, it's not. You have to change up the variety. You have ziti. You have meatballs, sausage and peppers, ham off the bone, turkey, like regular turkey, not a traditional one you bake in the oven, turkey cut. Christmas Eve is better than Christmas. Yes, that, that that, is, that's but that that's the, but that's included. No, it's not. You don't get two days. <laughs> Tony, the lead up for Christmas is the most anticipated thing. Yes, which starts anything. with Halloween, and then goes into Thanksgiving, and then goes into Christmas. Rick said, "I'm surprised you haven't brought up anything regarding Christmas uh, music." I feel like that's something you're big oh, yeah, Exactly. Yeah, Christmas music. Christmas music is great. And I just want to give a shout out to the Drifters for singing White Christmas. That is the greatest Christmas song. And if you guys haven't heard it yet, we'll, we'll play it in the next couple of weeks here once we get rights. We'll also play the greatest Halloween song, which no one probably knows because Tony is messing around with me right now. All right, let's get into it. NFL week two. We're through some big wins for some teams on the road like the Raiders, Panthers, Bills. But let's get into the Eagles first. 
Eagles lost 17 to 11. The 49ers just going to hit on some pros of the game. The 49ers had three, three and outs to start the game. Jalen Hurts had a big throw to Watkins down the sideline, just shows his deep threat ability, but he did underthrow a few guys. Miles Sanders ran for 4.2 yards per carry. And then going with the cons, there's a field goal blocked uh, to go up six, nothing missed opportunity. First and goal late in the first half time of possession, 35 minutes first 25 minutes in favor of the 49ers. So just want to get your guys thoughts on the game. It was kind of a grind, you know, they're battling in the first half. They were, I think, um, I think we saw the Jalen hurts of 2020 rather than Jalen hurts of week one of 2021. And you look, definitely looked a little more rattled in the pocket. And I think that was because of his longer routes of which his receivers were running. His average depth of throw, and this is from Pro Football Focus, in week one was 3.6 yards, and that was the shortest in the league. That gave his receivers the ball in space. That was a quick three-step drop. That didn't give any time for the defensive line to rush him. So he wasn't really under pressure week one. He played great week one. But week two, his average depth of throw was 15.8 yards. So it went up 12 yards and – with that, we saw his inaccuracy with the deep ball. He did have that one 91-yard pass to Jalen Watkins. Quez Watkins, right? Quez Watkins. Right. Yeah. But the rest of his deep balls I thought were underthrown, especially the one to Smith in the end zone. Then he had another one to Smith in the first half as well that was underthrown. And I, I just want to take away from the Eagles. Um, what I saw, like, well, maybe not. It, they try to spread their ball out with who's, you know, getting reception or anything. But your guy's leading receiver was too – two receptions apiece and that's spread out between I think four or five players and Jalen Hurts is your leading rusher as well and um I just look at it as that like he's what do you live for 12 for 23 190 yards um four receivers with two grabs everybody else with one and uh yeah besides that Quez Watkins 91 yarder um I just see like if you just look at the stats you could tell that they couldn't have scored more than 14 points and I, I, like you said, the deep ball wasn't something that was accurate at all. Uh, and that takeaway, I just think it was a bad game for them. Easily a winnable game that I thought you guys would have, you know, took over for. But there you go. Yeah, Miles, Miles Sanders only had one. Uh, one of his 13 carries went for over 10 yards. So he was really met at the line of scrimmage by the Niners D-line and uh, linebackers, even safeties. Packed in the box there, but yeah, he goes four. Doing anything. Yeah, four yards. He averaged four yards. Yeah. At oh, the end no. of the day, a lot of people were were having a stroke over this loss, and I get it. It was at home. I was also the one predicting a guaranteed. Um, but a couple things, you know, they were they were underdogs at home, so we do have to remember that. Um, I think we obviously probably bought in way too much after a game against Atlanta, and clearly they're pretty terrible as we expect it and you just jimmy g's record is so good he is 38 and 12 like some people forget that and like you just look at his stat lines the first two and he's so pedestrian but i mean at the end of the day i mean like the stupid ass saying winners win like he just i don't know he just wins ball games and him and shanahan since since they got to the niners are what was it like six and one out east so I don't know. I, I think this was – we probably got way too far ahead of ourselves and the Niners are obviously considered Super Bowl favorites. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't really look too much into this other than we couldn't really spread the ball out. Um, Devontae Smith had seven targets, and I bet the over at three and a half. So, that was probably the most demoralizing part of the game. 
but I mean, yeah, Tony, you, you said Miles Sanders, his longest run was only 10 yards, but he also had 13 carries. Like they definitely abandoned the run outside of Jalen Hurts breaking the pocket when obviously the receivers couldn't get open. I mean, Devontae Smith got clamped bad and they just signed. Didn't they just sign Josh Norman this week? I said it. So I watched the game with Rick and I said that to him. I said, is that Josh Norman? Like, I thought he was on the league. Every, everyone was talking about how they were either, they didn't have their guys this week in, in the secondary. So that's why I, took, I figured Devontae Smith looked so good. He had seven receptions that first game, or maybe it was six. It was six for 71, I think, maybe. And I thought he was going to light them up. And then they get old man Rivers right out of the nursing home, and, and he, he totally locked up Devontae Smith all, all day. So I don't know. It was just a reality check for the birds. I don't really look too much into it. I know some people are killing Sirianni for the ghost of Doug Peterson calling in Philly Philly at the goal line and Greg Ward zipping it out of bounds as if it wasn't a fourth down play. But um, I don't know. Once again, they're underdogs. That's just how they're going to look all year. They're over under six wins. They'll probably be a seven win team. So just sucks. That's the first game back packed house of the link. And that's the performance they give to everyone. And with that, right. With the, with the play with Greg Ward, I just, I just don't understand why he even threw it away. I don't know if he was trying to make that throw. Maybe he was. And then the second thing, you know, Sirianni, I did like how he responded after the game saying like he needs to be better in that scenario and, you know, put his team in a better situation to score, you know, just it's good to see that he's taking responsibility first game. I mean, it is a learning curve for him. It is his first game first year with Jalen hurts under his uh, wing. So it just sucks because their next two games are against Dallas on the road and then the chiefs. So you're looking at one and three. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to pay to pay rent since it's due every day, and he's probably going to start one and five. So, <laughs> going to be a tough look for Jalen Smith. I don't know if he mentioned that in his post game post game interview. But I really hope he didn't. Tired of the whole rent is due for race. Yeah, back on the like the Philly special play. I I just hate when coaches try to get cute like that in like a critical position. You have to get points there. I don't even care. Like I, I think they should have kicked the field goal especially after a 91 pass like 91 yard pass like that you just have to end up on the drive with points and then just to try a trick play like that which they probably practiced it yes but not against a live top 10 defense in the NFL I just I hate when they try to get cute like that yeah now if we look at the other games in the NFL the game of the week obviously the Ravens and the Chiefs and just like Sonny said last week right what what do you think's the recipe to beat the Chiefs and that might be to lo- be losing going into the second half. Yeah, and I and I really didn't realize. Um, you know, I I had uh, friends visiting, so I was watching football here and there, but I wasn't in my typical, you know, sitting down ten hours straight of just football. So you know, I was catching up on some highlights and uh, you know, watching games here and there. And I didn't even realize that that they were down going into half until I think I believe Dave was the one that mentioned it in the group chat, and yeah, it, that might hold true. I don't know if it's. Yeah, I don't know. Dave kind of explained it in the chat, too. Like, if, if it's just like a momentum thing, like, oh, you're down. Like, if the Chiefs just start to get that complacent going in the third quarter, if they're up to the point where no matter who they're playing, they're going to have a better chance. And, you know, if the Chiefs are down, I don't know what it is, but that's unbelievable that 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 happened. So that was the dumbest uh, shit you've ever said. And of course, it paid off the very next week in a primetime game. <laughs> and um, you know, no, but like, it's so stupid, but it might hold true. Like there might be a complacency factor. And also 
you become accustomed to this style of play where you're playing from behind in the third and fourth quarter. The defense is going to kind of, you know, they're not going to press up on you guys. They're not going to blitz you. Um, that's going to give more room for Tyreek and, and Kelsey to make plays. And Harmon, I don't know, maybe they're, they weren't used to just pounding the ball and kind of just playing with the lead. I do like how the Ravens, even from the start when Lamar threw the pick six, they never abandoned the run. And even when they were down in the second half, they, they stuck to the run. I like their – and we were talking about this. Dave mentioned it. Their, their three-headed monster they had in the backfield is pretty nice. Just bringing fresh legs in every other play is – it seemed to be working. They had 251 yards rushing compared to the Chiefs' 62. But, yeah, the Chiefs don't need a, a rushing game because they have Mahomes. But the Ravens' rushing game worked very well. I was actually pretty surprised how well, you know, Freeman had, you know, had his legs under him still and had some great speed. Tyson Williams looked pretty good. I do think it's, I do think it's funny that the NFL is in this whole ordeal about giving penalties out for taunting. And Lamar Jackson does a full flip into the end zone and doesn't get a penalty for it. I mean, I would, I don't want them to give that penalty, but I just think it's funny that there's like a different standard for different teams. Yeah, and some of the penalties they gave out, like a defensive back making a tackle and like kind of flex on the receiver, just very subtle, nothing big, not even in his face, just like kind of towards his own teammates, just flexing it, then the ref tossed the flag. I don't know. I hate the rule because I think it's just up for the ref's discretion. It's not really a concrete yes or no, this was a penalty. It's just, I think it's dumb. I think that, yeah, that, that's probably one of the worst things they implemented in years. And uh, <clears throat> if we're still on this game with Baltimore, I, I love, I don't know if you guys saw when – um. When Harbaugh asked, always he always asked Lamar if he wants to go for it on fourth. I don't know why, but I just think that should. I just think that's electric when he says that because Lamar is always going to say yeah, and he gets the job done. I don't. We're still working on a stack guy over here, but um, I need to know what his conversions are on fourth down. But he always seems to get the job done when that happens. And if you watch the video when they ask, "Yo, do you want to go for this?" I I don't know. Like I got goosebumps. It's just hype. I love that. Yeah, Lamar, Lamar is pretty funny. He said in the interview, he said, hell yeah, coach. But it's almost like Harbaugh was kind of setting him up to take the blame if it didn't work. He was just going to throw, throw, throw Lamar under the bus and say, well, hey, he wanted to go for it. Yeah, that was um, your choice, buddy. Yeah, but um, no, I, and obviously Lamar, he had that first pick six, uh, which I think that might have been the first or second pass of the game, which the guy slipped. Um, and then that really, really dumb interception and then per- played pretty well. So obviously he's going to catch a lot of the attention, but Antonio, you, you touched on this earlier and we were talking about it. Usually when the Ravens are down and maybe now they figured out how to win when, from when they're behind, they, Greg Roman always abandons the run and he's stuck with it all night. So this could be, you know, a formula of success for them. Now I was telling you guys, I was probably, probably need to reassess their over on, on wins and losses, but I can't believe that they actually won this game. And I was actually going to bet – I was going to tease it down the line was three and a half, and um, I was going to tease it down to minus two and a half just in case for the field goal. And uh, thank God I went to Penn State the night before and I fell asleep and couldn't bet it in time. So, God, the football gods were watching over me after losing all my bets for the first seven hours of the day. Sonny, as of last year, and this is just the regular season, the Ravens led the NFL in – Fourth down conversion rate at 76%. Wow. That is amazing. And so I don't even know how many attempts that was. I mean, they could have right, yeah. 10 attempts for all I know, but pretty good numbers. So while we're on this game, I, I, I don't know how I feel about, like, he is definitely a solid receiver. But what are your guys' takes on Hollywood Brown? Is this 
like I just I don't know. I feel like he's very hit or miss, and I just don't know how I feel about him. Do you guys think this guy's you know that guy, or what do you guys think? 110 yards um, and a touchdown. He he's playing a lot more inside, and he's becoming more into deep threat, which. Obviously, he had a solid rookie year for a rookie, and then he kind of had a sophomore slump. And I know he was really hyped up coming in last year, and I took him like every single fantasy league. And so I doubled down this year, and so far it's paying off. But, yeah, he, he looks good. He looks way more physical. So he's going to have to stay healthy. And, you know, he's going over the middle now, which is which is really good to see. That's a piece that he was missing. Yeah, and yeah. I just realized um, he, he started, he's getting almost double the, uh, the targets, too, as well as where the receiver's going down. So – that might be yeah. Lamar guy going forward, or he at least he looks for him a lot. Yeah, he def he scored on a broken play. I mean, but that happens in the NFL. I mean, that's what Tyreek Hill does a lot. So, and that's right. where he was utilized in in college more. It was more so like middle of the field and in the slot, and then just let his his speed break through. So it's it's good to see the Ravens using him for that. And I want to remind you that their receivers suck. They had two receivers get targeted this game, and they still managed to beat the Chiefs. So I'm going to stick with that take because Sammy Watkins, he had seven targets and, and Hollywood Brown had 10. And then the rest of it was Andrews, Williams, and Oliver. So two tight ends and a running back. It is so weird because every year you hear that their receivers suck. And then they – yeah, they added Sammy Watkins this year. He's not the best receiver. But it makes me think, is it just their scheme? Like yeah, They're definitely yeah. more of a running team. I feel like no matter what receiver they throw in there, is it going to be – that much of a difference. I think it's the mobility of Lamar and having like most teams are probably just leaving a spy for him and the way he can get out of the pocket and avoid tackling. I mean, cornerbacks can only defend for so long. So I just feel like it's just the way he's able to stay up on his feet. These receivers just get open with time. All right. That was probably the game of the week. Let's segment into who's wearing the crown. So Tony, I think we'll let you start off of who's wearing the crown for you. I'm going to go with my guy, and you guys probably heard his name in the past. He's a pretty well-known man in um, the 1920s in Sweden, but Gaiden Sundbeck, he is the um, he's a Swedish electrical engineer, and he is the inventor of the separable fastener, also known as the modern-day zipper. So without my dude Gaiden, we would not have quarter zips this beautiful time of the year. So Gaiden is wearing the crown. Incredible. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah like i knew his name yeah i thought you, or i thought you were saying that as if you like you had a mouth um a malfunction with like your zipper this weekend or something like you were out pants were fun you know, pants were undone couldn't get it up i don't i don't know but wow yeah no, I, I wore a quarter zip today and the zipper worked perfectly so shout out guy sonny let's go to you my crown of the week right now um I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Sam Darnold. Uh, he's he's back. He had another great week. I mean, he did beat the Jets week one, and then just came in to beat the team that I said is gonna have a phenomenal season and uh, held them to uh, seven points. So I'm, I'm gonna say Sam Darnold is back as a backup for uh, crown of the week. I'm gonna go with Cooper Cup. Just I love him. Solid all around wide receiver. Another great big week for Cooper Cup. Dave, uh, this week I'm gonna have to go with uh, Teddy. Big. Big week for Teddy Bridgewater again, Mister Mister Consistent. Uh, that's what he's been his whole career. Even though he's been in and out of rosters, had a few injuries here and there, but you know that was that was one of my boomer bust teams for the year. They look they look really really good in a, in a tough division. Now obviously they've gotten away with facing the Giants and then the Jags, but uh, yeah they uh, they look pretty solid to start off. And and Teddy, I just picked him up for my bench, so hopefully he keeps this up. He can work his way into uh, McTaggart's starting lineup. So. 
And for Dave saying the Teddy thing, I'm, I'm just – I'm really surprised because I was going to say something last week after Judy going down. And, I mean, he's making this thing work with Cortland Sutton. 12 targets. He had 12 targets and nine receptions, uh, 159 yards. He, he stepped up where he needed to. And, uh, yeah, Teddy handled that well, having his number one down. Also, shout-out to Vic Fangio. He's from my hometown, so shout-out to him. Listen, he's a listener of the pod, too. Yeah, he listener is. Of the pod. Vic Fangio, come on. And then for my uh, who's wearing the crown this week, I'm kind of going the route that Tony did. I'm going to go with the person who does the PR for the Ravens. They played Omar's iconic whistle from the wire, and the stadium was buzzing. I got chills. You know, it was a nice memoir to Omar and Michael K. Williams before the game. So they did that to get the crowd hyped up, and then bang, out comes Ray Lewis, the murderer. Um Right out, of the, right out of the tunnel to do a nice little shimmy shake, shimmy shake, you know, rip my shirt off, dance that he usually does. So that that is my who's wearing the crown of the week. And then let's get right into it with the fraud list. And Dave, I'm just going to ask you, should I do it? Just say yes or no. And if you say yes, I'll go with that. If not, I don't know if you're trying to troll me, but I'm trolling you with mine. So go ahead. All right. Well, this is not football related, but Ben Simmons, he's just a loser. I'm going to read you some of these quotes that he said. I just want to win. I'm a team guy. I just want to win to do well. I want my team to do well. I'm kind of ready for anything. I don't really get nervous. I'm not the type of person who gets worried about a game. I just play the game and I enjoy it. So he just likes to play the game and he enjoys it. He doesn't want to be on a winning basketball team. So that's my fraud of the week. Well, he did just buy a a penthouse or like house that overlooks the Valley in LA and it has two swimming pools. So, what does he have to be worried about, right? Yeah, he doesn't have to be worried about anything. I, I mean, he won't play basketball this year. So, all right, Dave, who's your fraud of the week? Uh, my fraud of the week is Henry Ruggs. Um, so, Rick, we obviously – I almost put you as my crown of the week because we were actually arguing if Ruggs is good um, on Thursday. And, obviously, he had a big game this week in Pittsburgh where, you know, um, they beat them uh, at their house. He was he had five catches, 113 yards, and a, and a big touchdown, right? So that's pretty good. But here's my thing with Henry Ruggs: he has two catches that take up 20% of his career yards and take up half of his career touchdowns. You take those away, he's really just been a total bust uh, for being the first pick, first receiver pick in that draft from last year with a very very loaded class. It's a typical Al Davis pick. Yeah, he's my. He's my fraud of the week because I know people are probably going to either want them on the roster or try and trade for him, and it's going to be a bust the rest of the year. And actually, I don't think he's currently at uh, 159 yards on the year. I don't think he'll get over 600. Mark it down, Rick. Mm-hmm. And also to touch on uh, Vegas receivers, I'm not sure if it happened on the preliminary pod or if it happened on our first pod, but Sonny predicted Hunter Renfro. This is our uh, weekly Hunter Renfro. We're Hunter Renfro podcast check-in. He said 80 receptions, 1,000 yards this year. Currently, he sits at 11 receptions, 127 yards, which is on pace for 93 catches this year and over 1,000 yards. So Sonny's on pace for that to be correct. Good selection. Well, yeah, it was a good selection because he's the top receiver in the NFL, whether people want to uh, believe that or not. I'm going with that, and I'm sticking with it. And thanks for bringing that up, Dave, because I wouldn't—I didn't even know what he was on pace with. I was going to check in later on, maybe around week six. But I'm going to go my fraud of the week. 
I don't really have an explanation for it. I'm just, I'm just going to just say the Colts in general. They had two rough games, but, I mean, starting off 0-2, I just had way different expectations for them, <clears throat> even this early in the season. But I'm just, I'm just going to go out there and just say starting off 0-2. And then um, back up, I'm just going to go. Tua got hurt, so I'm not really going to say him. Uh, ribs are messed up, but uh, we're going to go with the Dolphins O-line. It's just terrible. I, I thought I had hope for them, but, yeah, that's, all. that's my two frauds. Yeah, one and one, not looking too good, Sonny. No, not a goose egg. That's not it. Tony, wrap it up with your fraud of the week. So I'm just going to start off. I'm not going to say his name. I'm going to see if you guys can guess it. I'm just going to read these injuries. Um, fractured his wrist, fractured his chest rib, grade three ACL tear, grade three LCL tear, back vertebrae fracture, uh, concussion, pedal foot, and now two sprained ankles. Last week, Sonny said... The, the running back for the Niners was made of rubber. Carson Wentz is made of rubber. What is I, wrong with this guy? I thought you just explained someone that just got in a plane crash. <laughs> like, I, I, when I saw the fact that he sprayed two ankles, I just, yeah, I, I don't understand it. How, how does that even happen? I don't know. It is hilarious. It is sad. I feel bad for him, but does rain boot your ankles? Not even that. You're you just named 18 injuries on 18 different body parts, and I don't even know how that is possible. With you know, I, yeah, I, I'm just mind blown. Do you think he's the guy where like practice is over and he's always in the training room? And the trainer's like, Carson, what's wrong this time? And he's like, My wrist hurts. So, All right, let me tape it up for you. He's like that guy from SpongeBob that tells them he swindles them to buying in all of his cookie products or whatever that he was selling he said he's made out of glass and he's like mummified like totally wrapped up with oxygen attached and and they're freaking underwater and he's getting oxygen um that's that's carson Wentz. yes can you please i I mean i i need to hear i couldn't even process all of it because all i was thinking about was if i heard two things about um acls or um ankles i knew it was going to be him can you read off those injuries again my god he should be in a full body cast broke his hand broke his rib acl tear lcl tear fractured vertebrae in his back concussion this just says pedal foot. I don't really know what that is, but that's what he did in training camp. And then sprained ankles. <laughs> Dave, when you brought up that thing about SpongeBob, the one thing I thought of was that kid from Little Giants where they they saran wrap him in like foam and bubble wrap. <laughs> and then he, he, he wears the glasses. He blows the bubbles out of his nose with the boogers. That's how I picture Carson Wentz just wrapped up in bubble wrap. The guy is cannot stay on the field. If I had to play for 17 games, right, if I had to play 15 games in the NFL, could I have a longer active streak than Carson Wentz, do you think? What position are you playing? Uh, special team. I'll put you at long snapper. You could play 17 games. I'm still getting banged up. I, th- I think I could probably have a longer active streak than Carson Wentz and less injuries. I mean, you're not walking off the field saying to the trainer, my wrist hurt, both of them. What do you walk with? To the trainer saying, oh, my ankle hurts. Which one? Both of them. So they sit down and they stretch both of his ankles out and tape both up and like, all right, sport, get back out there. That he doesn't go back out. Whoever, <laughs> whoever the trainer is, they need to – he needs a serious, serious pay increase. Because that's that's like half trainer, half like babysitting Carson Wentz. I'm like, just heavy. Like a lot of our friends have takes that they're kind of pissed off that he's hurt because he's not going to play – Percentage of snaps so the Eagles are going to get the first round pick. I don't even care. I'm just happy he's off the team and we don't have to keep seeing him on the injury report. 
what do you think what what do you honestly think and i'm not being smart he thinks a harder job being carson wentz's trainer uh athletic trainer or even like physical trainer or deshaun Watson's masseuse i don't know like they're both pretty rigorous <laughs> i don't know that's a good question the only I, thing I feel bad for carson wentz's wife carson comes back every game just comes back, oh, 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 I'm hurt. Just sitting on the couch, ice pack after ice pack. Got two kids running around like crazy. His wife's like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> He's going to be in a fucking wheelchair by those kids are, are in their teens. They're not going to believe him for a second. He was an NFL player. Oh, He's going to be riding one of those automatic chairlifts up the stairs. They're going to be like, Dad, no way in hell you were ever a quarterback in the NFL. I know his kids are probably getting hurt playing. Oh, my elbow hurts, my, or my ankle hurts. And the wife's probably just like, "Yes, yeah, so is daddy's." So is daddy's. <laughs> All right, let's get into week three. We got a few good games. We got some divisional games now. We got Chargers, Chiefs. We got Colts, Titans. We also have Bengals, Steelers, Bucks, Rams. Not a divisional game, but for Tom Brady's first game ever in Los Angeles. And then the big one, Eagles-Cowboys, Monday Night Football. What are we thinking this week? So I think there's a there's a few teams, like surprise teams, that can be going 3-0 after this week. I'm um, looking at the Panthers. They're at the Texans on Thursday night. Seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I think the Panthers will win by two touchdowns, so win by 14, 17 points. And I'm also looking at the Broncos. They're hosting the Jets, and they're 11-point favorites. So the I think NFL, both of those teams are going to be two surprise teams at 3-0. The NFL has seven teams that are th- – uh, two and zero, and they have seven teams that are zero and two. So it looks like the Broncos will go three and zero this week. What do we think about the Bucks Rams game? I just hope it's a shootout. Give me the give me that game from three years ago. What was it? Chiefs Rams. It was a Monday night game that the over under was like set at like sixty two, and it ended up being like ninety eight or ninety seven. I think it's going to be a game like that. That'd be awesome to watch. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Tony here, and I'm going to think like. 38-35, some high-scoring game. Uh, not much de- – both, both have, you know, decent defense. But um, I just think, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's People are going to get lit up. But I think it's going to be, yeah, like 38-35. There are two, two games in particular that are, I think are trap games against the spread. And I might package them together. The Texans on Thursday night primetime football. Oh, well, never mind. Well, Tyrod Taylor is not playing. You know that, right? I don't know. They've just been a cover machine, though. They have been, yeah. Minus eight at home is a lot to give a team. And then also, trap game, lines against, lines against the Ravens, minus eight and a half at home. Lions, like, for how great Rodgers and Jones were last night, Lions didn't look terrible. I mean, they only surrendered four incompletions, but they were kind of in the game toward the end. Yeah, they they first half, you know, they had some good drives. I think once the Packers started scoring, they switched their scheme a little bit and tried to play catch up with them. Sometimes you just got to stick with what makes you successful. They're running the ball pretty decent with uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, though I think DeAndre Swift should be getting more carries. I'm, <clears throat> I'm excited for the Thursday game just because the Panthers, it's the only game on, so everybody's going to be watching. Most people, at least from you know our friend group and from my friends out here, out this way, out west, we – a Panthers game is not something that we all are like, oh, let's tune into that. So I talk so much about Sam Darnold, and now everybody's going to be able to watch it because it's the only game on. So I'm just hoping more people see what I see in them. So I'm hyped for they got a prime time. I do love watching Christian McCaffrey. 
Like you know, the only time I ever see him is on red zone when he's scoring or right. Right. Having one of his 12 receptions a game, but he is awesome to watch. This, this uh, one game, the Falcons-Giants, I'm looking at, that, that's going to be the ugliest game of all time. I don't think it should be televised. <laughs> it should be on the Peacock app, similar to Notre Dame last week. Put it on, put it on Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, that should be the the, uh, uh, the inaugural game this season where they do that. Oh, I cannot stand that, the Nickelodeon on the TV for NFL. But um, that game, yeah, bring it back for that. <clears throat> and then, Also, I think the, the Washington football team at the Bills – and over under is 46. I think that's 30 points too high. That's gonna be that's gonna be like a 13-10 game. Josh Allen, did you see his stat line last week? 51% completion percentage, 179 yards, two TDs, one interception, 75 QBR. So for the year he is at 56% completion percentage. Played two good defenses, but I know they get the Chiefs very soon. You're right, though, Rick. They play the Texans after Washington at home, and then they go to the Chiefs and then the Titans. They have a little bit of a leeway. I, I wouldn't worry about them. Their their schedule isn't too rough. So I, I think they'll be all right, and he has some time to figure it out. But, yeah, he's he's been subpar of the start, so. Yeah, he's starting to look like the uh, 2019 Josh Allen, not the 2021, right? Yeah, he's probably trying to pad some stats early. Try, probably trying to do too much for MVP uh, – Probably buying into his own MVP hype, trying to do too much, but they'll be fine. McDermott's one of the best coaches in the league. Yo, everyone give me their lock of the week. I'm going to throw it in a parlay and see how we do here the rest of the next 15 weeks. Okay, spread or over under. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Titans minus five. Dave, what do you got? Yeah, Tony, I, uh, I'm going to stick with, with what I just said. I like the, um, lines at home plus eight and a half. Okay. And I'm going to go with, Oh, wait, Lions plus three and a half. I'm going to go with the Steelers minus three and a half. I think their defensive line is going to eat the Bengals all alive. Yeah. I'm, I'm the only other one I'm looking at is, is like I'm confused about. Like, well, most of these spreads are pretty, you know, decent this week. Um, I, I would, oh, I can, I'll throw in another one for you. Uh, Seahawks minus two, but um, against the Vikings. But what do you guys think about the Packers 49ers, San Fran minus three and a half? I think I think the Packers are going to start rolling a little bit here. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I didn't think that they would be favored, but I was looking at that now. Yeah, I, I I would take the Packers plus, but yeah, my second would be up Seahawks minus two versus the Vikings away. Should we get into the big dance? Eagles Cowboys Monday Night Football in Dallas. I'm really excited. I'm wondering if the Eagles can, Eagles defense can get off the field on third down. That's that's the biggest concern for me for this game. Uh, maybe they can work on time of possession during the game, run the ball a little bit more. What's your guys' thoughts for the for the big dance? Is is Amari Cooper playing or is it still day to day? Do you guys know? I am. I'm not oh. sure. Okay. Um. I, oh man, I don't know. I think I, I think you guys aren't going to cover. To be honest, I think the the Eagles' biggest concern is defending receivers in the spot. Tebow Samuel looked awesome in the slot. He tore up whoever was guarding him. So I think if you put C.D. Lamb or Amari or even Gallup, I don't even know if Gallup's playing, but in the slot, I think they're going to be eating the Eagles' D-backs alive. Other than that, I do like the Eagles' defensive lineman against the Cowboys line. So unless they get Zeke involved in the pass game, I don't think he's going to have a great game on the ground. I kind of see Zeke as being the second option for the Cowboys now. Pollard um, is nice. I think Pollard gets – most of the looks because I think they're just in throwing package and schemes now. 
since 2017, the Eagles are three and five against the Cowboys. They lost in overtime in one of the games, but I don't see them going there and winning. If they do, I think it's going to be a game where they score a lot of points early and the Cowboys just can't find a way to, you know, catch up. Um, That's the only way I see them winning this game. I don't know. I literally don't know. One, I was supposed to go to this game, so I'm a little irritated. But, yeah, I really don't know what to expect. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm For the first five weeks, I don't know what to expect out of this Eagles team. Um, it could be – they could get blown out, but – then again, is there is there going to be a little bit of a sense of urgency just because of the upcoming schedule the Eagles have with the Chiefs coming into the link next week and then they have to go to Carolina and then play the Bucs and then go to Vegas. So they have a little bit of a rough stretch. Like this might be their last opportunity, their best opportunity for a while to get a win. So, yeah, I'm not sure. It is interesting when we looked at the schedule beginning of the year, you looked at the Panthers and Vegas – as easier games, not necessarily layups, but from how they did last year, easier games compared to the Bucks and the Chiefs and even divisional game Cowboys. And it is crazy after two weeks how the script has completely flipped, how those games now are tough and now Eagles the next five weeks have a tough game. Yeah, it will be cool to see how, how Dallas uh, kind of hyped up this game. You know, the first week we had the uh, Raiders, they had basically a show before the game. Uh, having Steve Aoki DJ and everyone, the Ravens then had the whistle, Ray Lewis coming out. So it'll be interesting to see what the Cowboys do next. So we'll just have to wait and see. You guys better hope they don't do anything too exciting. They're going to pop in a VCR and stream their last Super Bowl from 96 on the, on Jerry's Jumbotron. That's how they're going to, that's how they're going to enter. I think the Eagles should bring back the, uh, the pickle juice for this game, just to, you know, remind them who the big dogs in the NFC East are. But uh, thanks, everyone, for you know joining the third show that we've had. Uh, still working on a few things. We actually have our first guest coming in next week. He is a baseball player. Uh, he will talk about his you know career, the way you know he's progressed through his career, and we'll also talk MLB playoffs. We're getting down to the end of the nitty gritty. You know, currently we're filming during the Phillies. They're tied with the Orioles one one. So we'll see you know how the NL East shapes out. And then we also keep skipping on college football just because we get too amped up on, on the NFL. But I know Dave is crying right now. I see him tears falling down his cheek, just thinking about Chip Kelly and UCLA. Everyone thought they were back, but maybe they are big frauds, but we're, we're not sure yet. Anything else we want to hit before we log out? Tony, what are you going to do for food this week from Monday Night Football? I'm in a tough position. I, I think I got to take out the crock pot and just let something brew all day and go from there. This past weekend, Rick, me and you watched the game at a bar, and I just think every bar should normalize slices on the go. Not on the go, but on demand. Watching the Eagles game, having a couple of drinks, and the bartender comes by and says, do you guys want any food? I said, yes, I'll have a slice. 30 seconds later, it's in front of me, and $2.50 later, it's down my belly. So I think every bar should normalize that for how good and convenient it is and cheap it is. All right. Yeah, it makes me think of what I'm going to do. I think, you know, if, if I had one last meal, it would probably be like watching a football game and eating some wings. But maybe that will be our discussion, our first piece of discussion next week. We'll talk about your last prison meal. If you were on death row, what would your last meal be? You think one meal or appetizer, entree, dessert? Uh, let's go one meal because I think – 
I could go down a rabbit hole with my one entree, one appetizer, and one dessert. Okay. Sound good? All right, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our third show. See you later. Take it easy.